This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Matthew chapter 26. And in the words of the song from a group called Midnight Oil back in the 80s, they, they had a song that says, The time has come. And that's exactly what's going on in Matthew 26. The time has come. Jesus has entered into Jerusalem on a mission. It was not a mission like the disciples thought or the religious leaders thought or the crowds were thinking that he wasn't there to destroy or to drive out the Romans uh, and, and restore power back to Israel or to the Jewish people, but he was there on a mission to die on a cross for the sins of man. He was literally there to become the sacrificial lamb at the time of the Passover. That sacrificial lamb, that Passover lamb that would uh, once and for all do away with the, the, the sins of man if we, uh, if we make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. His blood washes away our sins. But the disciples' minds, they're they're just absolutely about to be blown, to say the least, because they're already freaking out about what Jesus had told them when they were leaving the temple. And he said the temple was going to be destroyed. And and they had asked him, when when is this going to take place? And he had given some signs. And also, in the midst of those signs, he, he told them about his return and he hasn't even left yet. And they can't even grasp the concept that he's he's about to die. He's told them over and over and over again, Hey, I am going to be betrayed. I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be buried. And I will rise again on the third day. <clears throat> and, and, and they're trying to wrap their heads around the temple being des- destroyed. And they're wanting to know when that's going to take place. And, and now they're going to eat the Passover meal for the very last time with Jesus. But they, they don't know that yet. And so Matthew 26, it starts off pretty heavy. It says, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, talking, he told them four stories to, to help them try to understand when uh, his return, how it's going to take some time, and then he will return. Uh, and, and so 26 starts off like this. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, He said to his disciples, As you know, Passover begins in two days, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. And listen to what he says, As you know. Well, they don't know that Jesus is going to be handed over. He's told them many times, but they they don't understand it. But they do know that the Passover begins in two days. They've been doing this all of their lives, however old they are. Most people go with a young age, probably around 20 ish somewhere around in there for the disciples and so if if the passover begins in two two days that would make this probably be a wednesday since passover starts on friday jesus will literally die at the time of the animal sacrifices were being made for passover Um, god is an absolute god of perfect timing we have jesus Yet again, telling his disciples, I'm going to die. 
I'm going to be crucified. And they just, they just don't get it. They still don't understand. And verse 3 says, At the same time, the leading priests and elders were meeting at the residence of Caiaphas, the high priest, plotting how to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may write. So at, at, um, at this time, especially with the high priest, they should be focused on the Passover and, and what the Passover means, Back going all the way back to Exodus 12. And we'll take a look at that in, in just a little bit with the Passover. But at Exodus 12, uh, they would take a lamb and, and, and spend some time with this lamb and get to know the lamb, fall in love with the lamb, and the lamb, they would have to kill it. And uh, they would... Uh, they would take the blood from this lamb and, and apply it to the doorpost of their house so that the death angel would pa literally pass over when it sees the blood that nobody inside that house, wherever the blood was applied over the doorpost, as God had commanded them, everybody inside that house was safe. And so the, these, the, the high priests and, and these religious leaders, they should be focused on that and, and what this means during this time. But, but the only thing they could focus on was getting rid of this man who claims that he is the Messiah, that he is from God, and that they want to they kill him. They got to get rid of him. And so Jesus is going to become the Passover lamb that will be slain for all sin once and for all. Now, here's the thing. These, these religious leaders, the high priests, they all think they're justified and they're meeting to discuss how to kill Jesus, how to get rid of him. And, and they think that they're justified in doing this. But what they don't realize, because they think Jesus is a blasphemer and they got to get rid of this blasphemer. But what they don't realize is that they are actually fulfilling the will of God. The, the God that they claim to love and to serve. They are actually fulfilling his will plans and they don't even realize it and so at the same time that they're meeting to discuss how they can get rid of jesus jesus is just hanging out with some sinners verse 6 says meanwhile jesus was in bethany at the home of simon a man who had previously had leprosy and while he was eating a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head the disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. Now, if you read the other Gospels, the one that's actually saying this, or at least the one who started this saying, is Judas himself. Judas, yes, the one that's going to betray Jesus. Yes, that Judas, the one who was stealing money from the other disciples because he was the treasurer. And John points it out in his Gospel that Judas was stealing money the whole time. And we know that Judas loved money. He was greedy. And that's what he's going to end up selling Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And, and so they're, they're, the disciples are saying, what a waste. This, this perfume could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And yet here's another reference to his death. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. And we're still talking about it to this very day, even on this podcast in 2023. 2,000 years later, 
She's still being mentioned and discussed. Then Judas Iscariot, oh yeah, here, here he is. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. And from that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Now, I, I, I don't know what happened inside of Judas here, but something clicked. Something happened inside Judas's head and his thinking. When, when he saw uh, this woman pouring out this jar of perfume over Jesus's head, it triggered something inside of him. Now, like I said, I don't know exactly what that was, but he didn't like it. Judas did not like what this woman had done. He, 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 he can't figure out what's going on here. And so, but he can figure out how to make some money off this situation. As I said, he was a treasurer of the group. He has been stealing money the whole time that they've been collecting money for three to three and a half years. And he's always been a shady person. But keep in mind, he was a part of the 12. He was given power to go into the villages. When, when Jesus gave the 12 the authority to preach the gospel, or not the gospel, but to preach that the kingdom is here, and he gave them authority to, to work miracles, uh, to cast out demons, Judas was a part of that. Judas got to do all that. Judas got to see all these miracles that Jesus has done. He's been walking with Jesus just like the other 11 for over three years. He's heard the teachings. He saw the dead being raised back to life. He's, he's seen all of these miracles take place, all these demons being cast out. But something about the moment the, that woman poured that oil or that perfume on the head of Jesus, and he saw it as, hey, she just wasted a, a big opportunity. We could have sold that for a lot of money and, and helped the poor. He didn't care about the poor. He, he cared about getting that money so he can get some with his greedy fingers. And so something clicked in his head. Now, <clears throat> Judas would be very well aware of the hatred that the religious leaders had for Jesus because he's seen it with his own eyes for the past three years. And now, here they are in Jerusalem. They, they've been confronted many times by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders. And so they're, they're on their turf. It's, this is dangerous for Jesus and his disciples to be in Jerusalem. Matter of fact, the disciples even said, that, why are we going to Jerusalem? You know, they want to kill you. When they decided to go, some of the disciples said, we'll just go die with him. We'll just go up to Jerusalem and die with him. But they didn't mean it because they all desert Jesus, as we're about to see probably in the next podcast. But Judas, he knows that there's strife between the religious leaders and Jesus. And so now that they're in Jerusalem, he sees an opportunity. He knows how bad they want Jesus out of the picture. And he knows that he loves money. And so in his mind, he's thinking, I can go to to these religious leaders, to this chief, chief priest, and say, I can get Jesus to you. I can betray Jesus. I, I I know Jesus. I can. I, I'm I'm on the inside track. So what? How? I know you're rich. I know you have a lot of money. So how much will you pay me to turn Jesus over to you from the inside? I can I can work from the inside and 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 
take care of business. I can get Jesus in your hands. How much are you going to give me? And they say 30 pieces of silver. He says, I'll take it. I'll take it. And I think that was Judas's uh, motivation from the get-go. Money, greed, and selfishness. It's the same struggle that many people, many of us have to this very day. And you think about it. How many times have you said, I, I would never do that to Jesus. I, I would never sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Yes, you would. Yes, you would, because we sell Jesus out for, for much less. We, 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 we're, we're, so, we're so quick to criticize Judas, but in reality, we're no different than he is. Because we rob God all the time of money, of, of, of time, so many things. We, we, we're selfish and we're greedy. That's who we are. That's, what we're, that, that's the human way. And if you think about it, we deny Jesus every time that we deliberately sin. We sell out far more or less than 30 pieces of silver. But yet we're quick to criticize Judas. How could he do that? But we, we do it all the time. So what's the difference between you, me, and Judas, or the other eleven, because we're all sinners, and we need God's forgiveness and grace. So Judas accepts that thirty pieces of silver, and he's going to betray Jesus. And from that time on, he begins to look for a way to hand him over to the authorities. In other words, he begins to plan. And when Judas begins to plan, this is a whole new ball game because th- this makes it premeditated murder. Think about it. It didn't just happen on the fly. He begins to look for a way to hand Jesus over to the authorities. He's planning, which becomes premeditated murder. Now, I don't know if Judas knew that they would kill Jesus or not. The Bible doesn't say. I know Jesus says it over and over and over again, but they don't understand that. The disciples did not understand. I don't know how many times I can say this, but they did not understand what was going on here. So I, I don't know if Judas maybe thought that they would just put Jesus in prison. They would rough him up a little bit, you know, beat him, uh, uh, flog him, whatever. Um, but but I'm, I'm convinced that either way, uh, Judas was only concerned with one thing, and that was that money, those 30 pieces of silver. He didn't care what they what they were going to do with Jesus. He, he, he just knows that his hands are dirty. And when he realizes what is going to happen to Jesus, he actually tries to give the money back to them. And they, they can't accept it because uh, it's blood money. And so he, he can't handle it. He cannot handle what he has done. And he goes outside of the town and he hangs himself because he couldn't live with the decision of what he had done. He never realize he never knew that he was fulfilling scripture never did and and what's sad is that he could have repented he could he could have repented and asked jesus to forgive him and as far as we know he never did he never did which is sad and we can do the same thing we we fall short all the time i know i do i, I speak for myself i fall short all the time i sell jesus Way much shorter than 30 pieces of silver. I sell out all the time. And I have to ask God to forgive me. And repent and keep going and keep trying better. 
And I'm thankful for God's grace and his mercy. And, and God would have provided that for Judas. All he had to do was ask, but he didn't as far as we know. And so it's time for Jesus to eat the Passover meal one last time with his disciples, including Judas. He's going to be there for this, this Passover meal. And here's Matthew's account. It says, On the first day of the festival of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? As you go into the city, Jesus says, You will see a certain man. Tell him the teacher says, My time has come and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. And when it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve, all twelve, including Judas. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Now get this. Verse 22 says, greatly distressed. Each one asked in turn. They didn't just go, hey, is it me? Is it me? They're not freaking out like that saying, who, who, who is it? Who is it? No. Each one in turn, one by one, went across the table, around the table and said, is it me? Am I the one, Lord? Because this absolutely blew their minds. And, and, and they're saying, I don't understand what is going on here. How can one of us be a murderer? We're, we've followed you for three to three and a half years and we would never harm a flea. Well, Judas will because he already has. He's already sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But they don't have a clue. They don't understand. They don't know. And so they're asking. They're freaking out. Am I the one, Lord? It blew their minds. And Jesus replied, One of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me, for the Son of Man must die. Another mention of his death. As the scriptures declared long ago. So he keeps hounding this point that I'm going to die. And the scriptures have said that I must die. They should know the scriptures because they studied them ever since they were young boys. The Old Testament and the prophets and the Psalms. But Jesus says, how terrible it would be for one the one who betrays uh, betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. And Judas, the one who would betray him, it comes to his turn. And he asks, Rabbi, am I the one? Seriously, dude, you know you're the one. And Jesus said, you have said it. And I, I just want to say, Judas, man, come on, bro. You've already been to those who hate Jesus. You've already, you, you, you know they want him dead, and you've already sold him for 30 pieces of silver. You've got it in your pocket, and your hands are already dirty, and you're going to ask Jesus, Rabbi, am I the one? You see, here, here's the thing. This is, what shows, uh, this is what this shows me. You know, We can pretend for a long time that we're sincere. We can actually pull the wool over people's eyes and get away with all kinds of stuff. But you know what? Eventually, in the words of Cindy Lauper, a song from the 80s, when she says, I see your true colors shining through. The, the, the true colors will come shining through. The, the Bible says that your sin will find you out. If you keep sinning, and you don't repent and turn away from that sin, and you keep sinning, it, you're going to be exposed at some point because the light's going to shine on your darkness and you will be exposed. And that's what the Bible says, and that's exactly what happens to Judas here. The, the, the other disciples had no idea. 
And Judah says, hey, am I the one? And Jesus says, you said it. You know you're the one. And so he has pulled the wool over their eyes for three to three and a half years, but no more. He is about to be exposed. He has fit right in with the twelve. He's been stealing money the whole time. And now he's done the ultimate betrayal for just 30 pieces of silver. And the other disciples had no idea. Now in the other gospels, when Judas leaves to go get the militia, the other disciples think that Judas has gone to town to buy bread. They think that they need more bread for the, the Passover meal or something. I don't know. They're absolutely clueless. Even after Jesus tells them that one of them will betray him, and, and, and he just literally pointed Judas out. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it, and then he broke it. He broke the bread into pieces, and he gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and said, Each of you drink it, drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Now, this right here was a turning point when it comes to... Um, um, the Passover from Exodus chapter 12, 1 through 13. And uh, you, you can go back and read Exodus 12, 1 through 13. It talks about the Passover, but I, just, I mentioned it earlier, how they took the lamb and they, they took time with this lamb and they got to know the lamb. Then they had to sacrifice this lamb, which means they had to kill it. And they would take the blood and put it over the doorpost so that when the death angel passed through, he would pass over when he saw the blood. But if he didn't see the blood over the doorpost, they lost their firstborn. Whoever was in the house, they lost their firstborn. There was death involved. But if the blood was applied over the doorpost, then the death angel would pass, literally pass over. And, and so now Jesus, well, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, 7 that Jesus is our Passover lamb. Jesus, just like those lambs that were used for the Passover they were sacrificed. They were unblemished. They were perfect. They could not have any flaws. And that was Jesus. He never sinned one time. He was tempted, but he never sinned one time. And just like that family, they had to spend time with the lamb and get to know it, fall in love with it, if you will. People spent a lot of time with Jesus. They got to know him and they fell in love with him, which would be easy to do, right? And this lamb had to be killed and his blood had to be applied to the doorpost of the house. So when the death angel came through, he would see the blood and he would pass over the house. All who were inside the house, like I said a while ago, would be saved. They would be spared. It's the same way with Jesus. All who are washed in his blood, when death comes, they, they that are washed in the blood of Jesus, they'll be passed over. In other words, their sins will be forgiven and they will spend eternity with God in heaven, all because of what our Passover lamb did for us. And now this bread that was taken at the Passover meal, it now represents the body that was given for us on the cross. The wine represents, and many churches use grape juice, as long as it was fruit of the vine. Um, but the wine represents the blood 
that Jesus shed on the cross. Because he says it, his blood, is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And this comes from Numbers 28, 7, where the wine was literally poured out as an offering to the Lord. And it's just simply amazing uh, how God orchestrated all of this and his timing. It just lined up exactly with the Passover. And then verse 30 says, they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, many speculate on what this hymn was. I'm not going to do that. We don't have any idea. The Bible doesn't say. Uh, and if you listen to people talk about this, they'll say it's one of the Psalms. And, and, and it very well could be. But we don't have a clue what they sang. We don't. If it was a Psalm, that's awesome. But we don't know which one it was. Um, so there's really no point in discussing that. They, they just sang a hymn. And then they leave to go to the Mount of Olives where it's all going to go down. And these guys, they had... They had no clue what was about to take place in literally just a matter of hours now. Their world was about to be absolutely rocked. And they're headed to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus, he's going to ask them to pray with him on three different occasions. And he's going to be so deeply disturbed and in anguish that he sweats drops of blood. His, his forehead, the capillaries in his forehead literally burst and he, and he bleeds from his forehead and and all the disciples can do is sleep and we'll see that in the next podcast and then judas is going to show up with his militia and he's going to betray jesus with a kiss and peter's going to try to defend jesus with a sword and yet jesus is still going to be arrested and he's going to be carried away to be tried by the religious leaders and the roman authorities and the disciples will never ever forget this night because it's marked with failure lots of failures but in three days, grace and mercy will prevail. Friends, we fail constantly. We fall short. Romans 3.23 says we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Why? Because we're human. There was only one perfect person that ever walked on this earth, and that was Jesus. And he had to be perfect because he had to be that sacrificial lamb. He had to be that Passover lamb that was perfect, that was sinless. And he was the only one that has ever been sinless. And he willingly became sin as he hung on the cross, and he died to take the place of of us so that our sins can be forgiven and we can be reconciled with God, that we can be made friends again with God, that we can have a relationship with God. Because Adam, the first Adam, he sinned and that he had perfect communion with God. But when he sinned with Eve and they took of that fruit that God said not to partake of, sin entered in and that sin separated man from God. And now through Jesus Christ, the second Adam, he has given his life as a sacrifice. He has shed his blood on the cross and he has been put in a tomb and he has been resurrected on the third day, just like he said he would. And we have hope. And that hope has a name and that name is Jesus Christ. And no matter how many times we fail, God's grace and mercy will prevail. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. 
God bless you and remember, keep grinding.